0: It is the episode you have all been waiting for. Call it a first round pick, if you will. It's receivers night, boys and girls. Let's hit it. A first round pick indeed, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Gold Zone. I am your host tonight, I'm Jacob Westendorf, live in the Game On Wisconsin studios, joined of course by Jacob Morley, and I want to start by going about the bottom line here. I want you all that are watching this show to go to that link and get you a pre-order. $8.99 gives you an opportunity to buy the Green Bay Draft Guide, the first of its kind from Game On, Wisconsin. Jacob Morley and myself, over 200 profiles related to the Green Bay Packers. And also, I want to get this out of the way. If you want to buy the Cheesehead TV Draft Guide, go ahead and do that too. Because there's no such thing as a rivalry between those two media companies. Is that clear enough for everybody? Thank you. Now we'll move on. But go buy the Green Bay Draft Guide partnered with KC sports network and want to give you guys an opportunity to go do that. I've got a few people here, Jackson. Thank you very much for buying the guide. Appreciate you very much. And I know some others that have, and we'll kind of talk a little bit more as we get going here, but before we get too deep into the receivers conversation, ladies and gentlemen, we have boots on the ground at the NFL scouting combine beneath me here is my good friend and the much less good looking of these two co-hosts because his name is not Jacob MJ Hurley of primetime sports talk, but more importantly of game on Wisconsin, you might recognize him from our game day coverage this year. He is live in Indianapolis at the NFL scouting combine. So MJ, are you keeping the seats warm for us?
1: Jacob, I am keeping the seats warm. Um, uh, Although unfortunately in the media room, Where we do the interviews, there are not seats, which makes me very sad because I've been wearing new dress shoes and my feet do hurt. Um, But in my hotel and in Indianapolis, I am keeping the seats warm, having a lot of fun, doing a lot of fun stuff for the Green Bay Packers uh, and all the coverage. We'll get into a lot more tonight, but it has been a lot of fun and I can't wait to have you here next year, too.
0: Well, hopefully it is in Indianapolis because that is my biggest prayer, hope, thought, everything. I loved it. My experience there. I went there in 2014, so haha, ha Clinton Dix and Devontae Adams, a pretty solid little draft for your Green Bay Packers that year. And, of course, our Lord and Savior Janice Christ was drafted that season <laughs> as well. So I've been a couple different places. But let's start. Yesterday you got a chance to talk to Brian Gudekunst and had one of the more uh, insightful questions I thought. I'm not just saying that because you're here, but I do want to ask you about, and before I get to that, Mark W., thank you very much for ordering the draft guide for us. And please tell your friends. Get an opportunity to do that. We'll have an opportunity for you guys to win some free ones. We'll have an opportunity for you guys to win some cheaper than the $1 off ones. Plenty of opportunities to win all kinds of cool stuff for us. But anyways, you got a chance to talk to Brian Gutekunst yesterday. And every question was about, oh, what's his name? Aaron Rodgers, that guy. Um, yeah. But you didn't ask about Aaron Rodgers, to which I give you credit. The question you had asked was about Rasul Douglas. So, can you give us a little insight? And I did retweet this. You can go find it on our Twitter page, at GameOnWI. Give us an opportunity and kind of some insight on your conversation, albeit short, with Brian Gudekunst about Rasul Douglas. And did you come away from that conversation with him thinking that the Packers were going to do everything they could to bring him back?
1: So, uh, Jacob, to your point, I, I asked about Russell Douglas, uh, one, because Gutekunst brought up Devondre Campbell fairly naturally. He was kind of asked about him, um, but he he spoke very highly of Devondre Campbell earlier in the press conference. Everything else was about Aaron Rodgers. So I thought, you know, Russell Douglas is a guy who in his you know exit press conference from the Packers said, if they'll have me on any sort of contract, I would love to be back in Green Bay. So with that all in mind. Uh, I asked Brian Gutekunst, you know, Rasul Douglas did a lot for you guys last year. Is that somebody, if, you know, money is okay, is that somebody you'd like to bring back? He had nothing but high praise for Rasul Douglas. He said that's absolutely somebody we would like to have back. He even went in depth about some of the the things in the run game, some of the things that don't necessarily show up on the stat sheet that Rasul Douglas did for the Packers. I think a lot of that also has to do with mentoring Eric Stokes, given the time that Jair Alexander was out. So I think there are a lot of things, you know, Gudakunst and the Packers front office and coaching staff do like about Douglas. Um, and, and given the way he talked about the cap, he put it in the sense of a three-year window. And so my guess is the Packers are still in their all-in three-year window. So given the fact that I don't think Rasul Douglas will be very expensive to bring back, I don't think he'll cost a lot of money. I absolutely think from everything I've heard, that's a move that the Packers want to make.
0: I will add one more piece of insight to that. I read an article from Fan Cited earlier today. Uh, one of the reporters, and I will try and find the name after Morley starts talking here, but they did say that one of the scouts, executives, that was one of the sources of the report, said they thought Rasul Douglas would be an underrated type of free agent, said he thought he should get anywhere from 9 to $10 million on the open market, especially with playing a premium position. So that'll get interesting. I am on the record. I wrote this week for Game on Wisconsin, and you can check out that article, GameOnWI.com. I think that Rasul Douglas is the second most important free agent for the Packers to bring back. Number one, of course, is that um, – oh, again, I don't think he's been talked about a lot. This, uh, Devontae Adams, that fella. I think they're going to bring him back, which I'm going to point to MJ again. He's coming back. That's, that's set in stone. I think it's been made pretty clear through this week. Devontae not going anywhere.
1: Oh, no. He's not going anywhere. Rodgers is coming back. Devontae is coming back right with him. Um, pretty much the Packers in the entire league are operating as if those two are not even in conversation. Devontae has not been brought up in any scouts or, or anybody I've talked to. Nobody is really talking about Devontae Adams because it's just an assumption at this point he's going to go where Rodgers is going and Rodgers is coming back to Green Bay.
2: Yeah, and MJ, and I think that's an interesting point to bring up, too, and we were talking about this in the pre-production show, how when you were at – the, the league season, for better or worse, kind of starts in Indianapolis at the Combine, and it's not just yes. about the prospects. It's about the scouts talk, the agents talk, teams talk. And so it completely changed – my first time there, completely changed my view on how the NFL operates. Um, tampering be damned. A lot of these guys kind of know and are at least starting to get a feel for, hey, where do I want to go? Um, what's feasible for me to go? you know, what areas can I go to? Cause I think a lot of us forget about the human elements of playing in the national football league. These guys don't just make up their mind like, okay, March 16th, where am I going to live the next four years? You know, it's, it's, they have their families to think about, they have themselves to think about, you know, where do they have housing to figure out. I mean, think of all the, the, the pains that go into having to move and the uh, the logistics of all that stuff. So the fact that nobody is bringing up Devontae Adams should absolutely tell you, like, confirm what you just said to just reinforce that he ain't going anywhere if he was going somewhere, there would be whispers about, well, so, so he's been talking to so-and-so, so-and-so has been talking to him. Agents been running around talking to other agents, been talking to other scouts, talk talking to other teams. So the fact of the matter is, and I tweeted this out today, like, what are we, what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? Aaron Rodgers is coming back. What are we doing? Give us the contract details. Damn it. Like he's not going anywhere. And so, I'm just kind of getting impatient with all of that. Like, let's get this ball rolling because I'm not even um, excited more for like Rogers coming back because that's like in my head already. I'm excited for the corresponding moves. Like what else are they going to do um, to get under this cap? To And who are they going to bring back? What are the moves they have to make? I'm ready for it. So I am uh, I'm sick of waiting.
1: I, I'm very sick of waiting as well. And I think, you know, Goodekun said yesterday they're not going to do anything drastic, um, which what the exact –
2: Looks we're like not going to do anything it. drastic oh, with
1: go. cap, which I thought was interesting. Um, yeah, sorry, my you know hotel Wi-Fi is not great. That Indianapolis uh, you know, Wi-Fi said we're not going to do anything drastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, but you know, they're not going to do anything crazy. It seems that Green Bay is going to do exactly what we've been expecting them to do, at least money wise. So just like you guys, I'm ready to move on from that conversation. You know, that dead horse that we've been beating for the last two months. Cause I, I'm in the same boat as you guys
0: are. And isn't it hilarious to go through like last year at this time? Well, maybe not this time, but let's just say may everybody's looking at all these quarterbacks that could be trailed. Like oh, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. And now it's going to be like, no, nope. Jimmy. Garoppolo, Jimmy G. Yeah. Jimmy G has uh, gone. Trubisky. Carson Wentz, Mitchell Trubisky, like the Denver Broncos watching them cope this week has been hilarious. And, and let me be on record. I've said, I wanted them to trade Aaron Rodgers. And I still kind of do. It's same. just a pointless conversation for us to have at this point because it's not happening. Correct. Like, we, there's no. It'd be like the equivalent of us saying, "Oh, I want them to trade Kenny Clark." Like, cool. Just
2: well, it's not going to happen. But like, yeah, and it never was. You know, like that's what I'm look because I'm I'm in the same boat as you guys. Like the draft nerd in me, and you know, with everything else, like I'll, I'm ready. Like, hey, give me all the picks. That'll be a ton of fun for us for the next couple of years and the packers might suck. They might, I get that, but that's all that is they probably will, always Jordan Love stinks. No he doesn't. That is <laughs> that has always been fan fiction, right? By people like us that are just kind of like, hey, this would be cool. It makes no sense. It makes zero sense for the Packers to want to move on from Aaron Rodgers. When the dust settles, he's the two-time reigning MVP. There are 28 teams in the National Football League right now that would absolutely kill to have a two-year window that the Packers are about to have, and the Packers would be out of their minds to not take that window.
0: So on that note, MJ, too, just thinking like, so we're operating under the assumption Aaron Rodgers is coming back. From being in Correct. the in the building, in the area, is there any rumbling? I don't want to ask you to say anything that'll get you in trouble, just say anything like that, or just any feel that you've gotten about like what you think that they might do in order to, because like I've also said in recency, bringing this team back and just saying like, okay, we brought back Rogers, Adams, Campbell, Douglas, and we're done until the draft. To me, that would be a bad idea because you have to still get better than the team you were last year because the team you were last year wasn't good enough. You could argue whatever reasons they were, but they weren't. And the team the year before wasn't good enough either. So what have you gathered about a sense of maybe how they're going to attempt to get better? Maybe not without, I think that's a good way to say that without giving specifics of names, but how are they going to try and get better?
1: So I forget who it was um, on Packers Twitter today. So I apologize for not giving uh, the correct credit. Uh, The one shout out I will give is to Ken, our friendly neighborhood cap guy. Um, The list that he put out today, I think from everything I've heard is very accurate to what is very likely for Green Bay to do. If you want the closest list to what will be realistic, that's probably your best guess. Um, But honestly, I I think Gutekunst was being honest when he said they're not going to do anything drastic, and I don't think that applied just to the cap. Um, So there was somebody on Packers Twitter today. Again, I forget, I apologize that said, I think the 2022 Packers are going to look
0: a lot like the 2021 Packers. That was Andy Herman. I do know that, that. was Andy. Okay.
1: Yes. So I think Andy's right. I think the Packers really are in their own style, just going to try to run it back as much as possible. And then with their draft picks uh, supplement the needs they have. So, you know, one of the biggest moves that I'm personally waiting on is what Packers do with Zedarius Smith. Um, if I were in charge, I think I would cut Zedarius Smith, save that $15 million dollars you could save on him because this is one of the best edge rushing depth classes we've seen in the last five years. So if you want some young edge depth, you could probably get a decent third edge rusher if you wanted to pick edge in the first round. Now, a lot of people want wide receiver in the first round, but if you want a more realistic move, you've got Devontae Adams.
0: Me. Hit the freaking quarterback.
1: (laughs) Yes. draft real
0: freaking football players in the first round. Those boys play on the line of scrimmage. Get a pass Absolutely.
1: No, I agree. So, I mean, that honestly, I think that's a very realistic thing. It would piss off a lot of Packers fans, and I think it'd be really entertaining. And honestly, I think that would be the best move. So I, I, I'm going to side with believing what Goody said yesterday um, and nothing Matt LaFleur said today. We we went pretty easy on him. There was not much pretty much. I mean, I was standing next to Rob Domofsky, Matt Schneidman, uh, Tom Silverstein, and we're all like, there's nothing we can ask today that didn't really already get answered yesterday. So I think he got asked maybe some total of 15 questions. There was a little side session afterwards where they asked about Tom Clements, and that was really the only subsystem thing that came there. Um, so there, there's nothing I've heard, whether publicly or privately, that leads me to believe anything drastic will happen that somebody hasn't imagined already.
0: Well, that was a big old bucket of water on my theory of them going to sign everybody, MJ. Thanks for that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. So let's get into that. Something else you talked today, you know, some guys they talked to, Chris Olave, Jameson Williams, and it was receivers day, by the way, guys. So it's not like, yes. oh, they're only talking to receivers. Uh, there were some tight ends in the area as well. I know they said they talked to Jalen Weidermeyer out of Texas A&M, uh, and there's probably some others that I've missed uh, as well throughout that time frame. But of those receivers, I'm asking you to put your analyst cap on at this point. Of the guys they talked to that you know of, which one do you like the most personally?
1: So I think Jameson Williams – Um, in terms of the wide receiver, I like, I think he would be the guy. The issue is if they really are going all in, that's more of a pick for Jordan love type guy, because he's probably not going to play, you know, if you want a guy coming off an ACL tear that happened, I mean, that puts his timeline best case, maybe October of next season, Um, so I mean, if you want a rookie to come in and try and compete with Aaron Rodgers on that timeline, that's really rough. So, as much as I would love to see Jamison Williams in Green Bay, I doubt that's gonna happen. Um, Chris Olave has been getting a lot of love from Packers Twitter today. I apologize for that. Whoopsies. Um, he did formally meet with the Packers today. Look at
0: this guy, what a flex. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Listen, Jacob, there's is not often I can flex, so I will when I can. Um you know, Chris Chris Olave is a guy, obviously, I would love to see him in Green Bay. He said he would. He he loved the energy um, with Lafleur today. But the guy, and this is a comparison, um, that just the way he was talking, George Pickens out of Georgia, which screws with my mind. Saying
0: George, calm down, Jake.
2: <laughs> I,
1: I didn't just know that this. Settle was...
0: yourself. George Pickens, that like sounded a lot like
1: Amari Rodgers. When he was talking today, just the way George Pickens was talking about his formal meeting with the Packers, um, because I know that matters to Jake, Uh, his formal meeting with the Packers, uh, he sounded a lot like Amari Rogers sounded last year. He said same thing. He he would really love catching passes from Aaron Rodgers, which I I guess who wouldn't. But you know, he he made a point to say that. So if. (laughs)
0: You You make a good point there.
1: Um, But no, I mean, if, so I guess what I would say in my analyst cap is if they were to pick a receiver in the first round, I think George Pickens, um, you know, with his, I think he's going to produce a pretty good relative athletic score. I know that matters a lot to the Packers. And I think just, you know, his composure, his makeup, the way that he presented himself today, a lot looked like a guy that Matt LaFleur would like having there.
0: He's MJ Hurley. You could follow him on Twitter at MJ Hurley Sports. MJ, appreciate your time. He's got a video coming out for us tomorrow morning. Follow him the rest of the week. You'll be there till Sunday,
1: uh, Saturday evening.
0: Saturday evening. So he'll miss Sunday, but he'll be there through Saturday evening, giving you updates throughout the course of the week on everything going on at Scouting Combine. If we hear everything, who knows? Maybe MJ will be the first one to break it. You never know. So- it's possible it could happen. Appreciate you stopping by, MJ. We'll have to do something like this again for sure. And keep your eyes peeled for him maybe come this fall. I don't know. We might have something in the works for him there. But appreciate you, MJ. And we, we'll talk again soon. Excuse me. You have a good rest of your I'm night. Good. Thank you for having me. boy. It's MJ Hurley again. You could follow him on Twitter at MJ Hurley Sports. Uh, I want to go through some of the stuff in the chat here because we've got some time between now and our next guest. Obviously, the first one, I this is Morley's burner account. It says George Pickens. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, hey, why not? Uh, excited to talk about receivers that the Packers will never draft in round number one. So let's go there first. Probably right. Probably right. <laughs> yes. I will say this just two years ago, they were going to draft a receiver in the first round.
2: Yeah, They were they just
0: got, they just got sniped and, and those things happen. And obviously history has written itself from there, but let's talk about that philosophy that the Packers have had. They haven't taken a receiver in the first round since 2002 by a man, by the name of Javon Walker out of Florida state. And they traded up to get him, obviously, that year as well. Here's my thing on that. I'm fine with it. Now, there aren't a whole lot, like, the Packers have never, I've said this a million times over, the next game that Green Bay loses in the Aaron Rodgers era because of the weapons that they don't have will be, like, the second one. 2015 against Arizona, you could certainly argue that they didn't have enough weapons on offense. To win that playoff game. Otherwise, they've always had enough. They just haven't played well in various spots. Does a first-round receiver or anything like that change that? I don't think so. And the reason the Packers have lost over the years and the reason you get those graphics and everything like that about how Aaron Rodgers has never had a first-round receiver, and it just makes me puke. From 2011, they win the Super Bowl in 2010, 2011. That draft, they draft Derek Sherrod. And then it was defense every single year until they drafted Jordan Love. To which I ask you, why the hell were the Packers losing in the playoffs? It's because their defense sucked. That's why they were spending as much as they were on the defensive side of the ball. That's not to say I don't wish they would invest in the offense at some point. I certainly do. I think that there were opportunities to do that. I think there were a little bit of mismanagement in terms of the Jordan Love selection that didn't allow them to move up for a receiver that they might have liked in that draft in the second round. Michael Pittman, LaVisca Chenault, somebody of that ilk. But they don't pick those guys in the first round, and they very much prioritize the premium positions. Passer, pass rusher, pass defender, pass blocker. And I'm fine with that. Get the guys that matter more, in my opinion at least. And this year, when it's go time at the end of the first round, yeah. Jason, you're you're almost halfway there for me there. Receiver round two, that's fine and dandy. D-line, I'm going to say edge rusher. Because there's so many good ones, and we'll get to that eventually when we have the pass rushing episode here in a few weeks, but there's so many good ones, and I'm so excited for this class. I think the Packers could add a legitimate dude to eventually take over for Preston Smith and be that guy next to Rashawn Gary. But Jake, just while we're talking, what's your thought on their perceived philosophy that they won't pick a receiver in the first round?
2: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think two years ago, they would have drafted Justin Jefferson if he were available. I think last year, they were taking Rashad Bateman if he were available. I think that got sniped right before they wanted to pick him. Um, so I think maybe this could potentially be the year. I, I don't know, though, because uh, whenever Daniel Jeremiah says something in relation to the backers, I tend to perk my ears up because I, I believe that he is more well-connected there than a lot of media personalities. And a few years ago, he did say, Green Bay just doesn't draft receivers in the first round, and I tend to believe him. But also, I think if if the iron's hot, they're going to strike. And I I personally, I'm team score 100. Uh, I don't really care about defense if you can score 100 points. And I think they got. I think if they wouldn't have wasted so many picks on defense, trying to fix a defense that just wasn't going to be good. Uh, I think if they would have drafted more offensive weapons, uh, you maybe get back to the glory days of 2010, the Sports Illustrated cover of all the weapons that Aaron Rodgers had. Uh, Is there a correlation to that and what he's had in recent years? Maybe, I don't, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, But I do think this could potentially be a year they take a receiver in the first round, a guy like a George Pickens, because um, I think George Pickens, if he would have stayed healthy, he would have played, you know, and developed after that incredible freshman year that he had at Georgia I think we're talking about a top 10 draft pick here. So if he's sitting there at 28, I think he has every single tool um, that you could possibly want out of a receiver. And let me ask you a question. When is the last time a five-star true X res- or true, true X receiver has had good tape and failed in the NFL? Like these yeah, guys a are, good
0: these They're guys are, good.
2: these guys are rare. And they typically hit like and the Packers are all about mitigating their risks at the at any position. And I think that is something that they're thinking about. And I'll tell you what, if George Pickens comes out, runs a four three, like he said, he's going to. uh, that ain't going to happen. He ain't going to be there. Right. He's he's going to shoot up draft boards because I think that one shows everyone that that knee is healthy. And two, that just shows everyone what type of freak athlete he is. Um, so I don't I don't know if the Packers um, are willing to spend a re- on the first round a draft pick. I mean, they've had so much success in the second round. I think, I don't know who said that, but D-line, first round, receiver, second round. Maybe, maybe so. This is a really interesting receiver class though, because there probably will be a guy sitting there in round two uh, that is maybe named Christian Watson, that maybe is like the most Packer receiver of all time, or maybe a guy that's that's hurt. And fell for that reason, you know, is, uh, you know, it, maybe John Mechie is sitting there in round two and the Packers just can't resist not taking a guy like that, you know? So like it, it's a really interesting class because all the receivers like, at the top are hurt. Justin Ross is another guy could have been, could, could be, it could have been a top 15 draft pick had he not gotten hurt. He did get hurt, got hurt badly, right? He's got the neck injury. Uh, but could he be there on day two? And could the Packers be comfortable with his medicals and take him? A lot of these guys that are Packers-type receivers are hurt right now. So um, it will be interesting. And one thing I do know about the Packers' philosophy is they don't care what we think. And they're going to stay true to their board. So they could they could absolutely love, love, love George Pickens. And he could fall to them at 28. But I'll tell you what, if they have an offensive tackle that is one slot above him, or equal to him, they're taking the tackle. Like that's how they operate. So I think if it's going to be receiver, they have to be like their clear cut number one guy on their board. And and that's what they're going to do. So um yeah, it, it's an interesting philosophy, especially when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, um, that you want to elevate his play. But what was what was Ron Wolf's famous line with Brett Brett Favre?
0: Didn't get him enough weapons.
2: I always wish he would have had more weapons for him. And I don't want the Packers to look back on this team and say, I wish we had." I just wish we would have went all in on the weapons with Aaron Rodgers. And I don't want them to look at it in hindsight and say, you know what, the one year that we won a Super Bowl with this all-world MVP, out-of-this-world talented quarterback, is the one year that we had just a bevy of weapons for him. Um, so we'll see. We will see, Jacob.
0: That we will. And to see more, let's move to our – a uh, draft expert on wide receivers here at game on Wisconsin, making his debut as far as I can remember, at least um, what's that line from liar, liar. Hey, you're not important enough to remember. Uh, he is, you can find him on Twitter at NBD Nick If you want some jokes about Giannis Antetokounmpo and uh, a bunch of other stuff, he's, he's definitely very endearing uh, when it comes to stuff and not contrarian at all, but you could call him Nick Scheib. And Nick is joining us live from his studios. Uh, in the middle of nowhere. I can't remember the name of the town that you live in, but I just know it's in the middle of nowhere. And uh just parked
3: Colorado. Coming right. At that you place from the is... mountains, 8,000 feet in the air.
0: Yeah, that place totally matters and is a thing. So, Nick, let's start here. We're talking about the receiver class. And I was just asking Morley about the Packers' general philosophy that the Packers haven't taken a receiver in the first round since 2002. And you could call it a philosophy. Maybe that's coincidental that they haven't done that. I mean, I don't really know, but. At some point, it's not really a coincidence anymore, right? Or at least it's a trend, if nothing else. But what are your thoughts on that philosophy? Because one thing I would point out, Jake, that you said is, like, last year you said they would have taken Rashad Bateman. I'd have rather had Eric Stokes. Like, there's a lot yeah. of times that they've done that and been right. The only time they yeah, and the only time they've been quote-unquote wrong about it, I guess, is, is Jordan Love. But, I mean, that's a whole separate rabbit hole conversation we can go down on a different day. But, Nick, anyways, to get back and steer to the point here, what are your thoughts on the Packers philosophy, quote unquote, if you will, that they just haven't picked a receiver?
3: I mean, it's hard. when you look at the success they've had with their first round picks, especially of late, it's kind of hard to argue against what they're doing. I mean, you can go down the Jordan Love rabbit hole, like you said, but we'll spend hours there and everyone will turn off the podcast. But uh, <laughs> it, the Packers pick premium positions in the first round, like, Premium, premium positions. Defensive back, and then then you have the trenches. So um, it's it's really hard to argue against the success they've had when they haven't taken these receivers. And then you look at receivers that they could have taken. um, Well, you can argue Jalen Rager should have been there on the board when the Packers picked, but he wasn't. So when you look at the line of first-round receivers that have been taken lately, you can count – the, the big hits on basically one hand, but whenever you look at day two receivers, the league is littered with early day two, mid day two receivers who are just, it's it's all pro after all pro after all pro. So when you look at it, it's really hard to argue against what the Packers have been doing, where they're finding the talent at the receiver position.
0: So let's get into some of the guys from this class, because that's why most of you guys are here at this point. So let's start. Nick, so far you've done profiles for the site on both Alabama kids and Drake London. And I want to start with Drake London because we got some pushback yesterday because you compared him to J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and said he was a third-round player in your estimation. So go through what makes you think that, and then I'll kick to Morley.
3: Well, it's not to say that he's his career is going to be – JJR Sega whiteside I think the, the players win in the same in, – in very similar ways. And I think they both lack the top-end speed that you need to be like a game-breaker in the NFL um, based off of the way – that when you pair that with the way that they win. Um, you see uh, London – when I watched his film, I, I, I went into it being excited. PFF's number one receiver. He's getting gassed up by a good – a lot of people on Twitter that I think really highly of their opinion – um, and 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 I just came away like I just wanted more. He when he would get the ball in his hands, he's shifty for a six-five guy. It's crazy how shifty he is. But when he's trying to get away from defenders, he he just kept getting caught and caught and caught. And and I, when I looked at his his separation ability, separation to me is the number one. Uh, it, it's it's the number one quality I look for in a receiver to translate to the NFL. He's he's kind of breaking uh, away from defenders as he's snapping off of his routes, but in the league, is that going to work? He's playing against Pac-12 corners and, and then the, the schedule that USC had. He did have the production you need against those players, but at the same time, I don't think that he has the necessary speed and separation to consistently win in the NFL as a number one receiver. There certainly is value for him in the third round to be a complimentary receiver, especially as a, as a, a, a vertical jump ball guy in a more uh, vertical attacking offense.
0: Jake, what are your thoughts on London? I know he's kind of, I don't want to call him the darling, but I do know some people on Packers Twitter have really taken a liking to him. I mean, I,
2: I love, I love Drake London. I love him. I, I, I have a first round grade on him and I, 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 I'm a sucker. I and I I do agree with you, Nick. Though, like I wish they would have played. I wish you would have played Washington. I would have loved to see him play against those corners, yeah. um, because I do agree with that. Like he his schedule, um, he beat up on lesser competition, no doubt about it. But one one thing that I think just really separates him for me is I am a sucker for multi sport athletes. And Drake London, as a prep, averaged a triple double as a basketball player, and he played on the USC basketball team his freshman year. I mean, he, and I think he moves that way. And I think when you look at the way he gets into his routes and he's at the top of his stem, I love his body control. I love the way for a 6'5 guy, he has complete control of what he's doing with his entire body, head to toe. Um, I think he's an absolute, bully, an absolute bully down the field. I think he really understands what he is and who he is, and he plays to his strengths there. Um, I think he's got just a huge catch radius. One thing that gets me really excited about him is – how well in tune he is with his quarterback at USC, and I mean the dude is already the dude's already running picture perfect back shoulder route. So when I saw that, I'm just thinking, wow, this guy could come into Green Bay and and probably get on the same page um, with Rodgers almost immediately. I I really like, like you mentioned, he's got great wiggle for a guy that's his, as big as him, um, but he is a sneaky yards after catch type guy because he like again he he knows who he is, and I bet if he runs, I bet he runs mid four five. Right, that's probably about where he's at, and I think that would be a good time for him. He could run four, six, four, seven. I mean, I don't, I don't know how fast he is, and that that would be bad, right? If he runs a four-seven, but we will find out about that. I think he's fast enough. I, I love that he doesn't really, uh, he catches a ball and it's no nonsense too. He is, he is a MF-er with the ball in his hands, and he makes people make business decisions when they're trying to tackle him. Um, he'll take a three-yard hitch, and before you know it, he's he's got twenty yards. Um, and that's kind of what he did, and that's that's kind of how he played his game. Um, I love how they used him in that offense. They, they would use him in the horizontal passing game and the vertical passing game. Um, and the biggest thing for me is uh, – so you guys remember Kerry Colbert, right? He played at USC, played oh, for the yeah. Panthers for a few years. That was his coach at USC. And his last few guys that he has produced has been Michael Pittman Jr., Amon Ross St. Brown. And so now you have another kid in Drake, London that you were thinking, well, those two other guys basically came into the league and and did a really good job right away. Uh, I'm kind of thinking Drake London's going to do the same thing. Kerry Colbert is actually at Florida now, which it will be interesting to track and follow because um, they did not keep him. But uh, I just think, I just really like his game. He's my wide receiver two on my board and uh, my wide receiver one, we've already talked about and I've caught some flack for that, but um, I believe in in George Pickens as well as my wide receiver one. So um, I like these big guys. I like Drake London and Nick. You're 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 a psychopath. You're a psychopath. How dare you have an opinion <laughs> on Drake London that's different than mine and have him as a third round draft pick? You crazy person.
0: Well, we've got our next you question. Was what I was expecting. There we go. Let's go to a poverty school. Uh, the the runner up in the Big Ten Conference uh, on the Eastern Division this year. That would be the. Losers uh, 42 to 27 against the Michigan Wolverines, the Ohio State Buckeyes and that's a special shout out to my producer tonight for throwing that one in there as much as I could and I'm getting those jokes in while I can because I know the ass whipping that's coming. Dude, I, I do have to
2: I have to jump in here real quick. Mark W, you keep bringing up guys like you might be my burner account. He's already brought up Christian Watson. He's and in George Alex Pickens. Pack- and George Pickens, and now Alec Pierce. I don't like Alec Pierce as much as some people do, but he is a guy, when you talk about Packers wide receivers, ooh, baby. Yes, sir.
0: Wow, but that I'm was sorry. another – We're
2: talking about Chris Olave. Sorry, let's get back. Yeah, that, back. Was,
0: that was another playoff team, which this school was not in. They did not participate in the college football playoff this year. They got to play in, like, the Lou Backroad Auto Mall bowl game or something. I don't remember what the hell the name of those things are called anyways. But Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Uh, Two guys that actually during the game, I remember watching Michigan against Ohio State this year and both guys kind of made me go, whoa, like those guys are pros during the course of each game. Uh, So when I asked the question to you the other day, Nick, I said, Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave, your answer was yes.
3: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Every time I get asked that question, I sit on the fence just about as best as I can. Um, It's really pick your flavor with these two. Um, I'll start with Wilson. I think Wilson is probably one of the best slot receivers that I've graded in a long time. I've done this. I've done legitimate grades for about four years now, and Wilson is up there with the top of true slot receivers. Uh, you you put this guy with three defenders inside of a phone booth, and it, it will take about 10 seconds before those guys can actually touch him. He's that quick with his feet. It's ridiculous. Um the the one thing that I wish I got more from Wilson, I mean I guess like Drake London, I guess you could probably say I have a speed fetish, but he just doesn't have the long speed of of Chris Olave. Um when you look at Olave, he's he's gonna burn you t- to a crisp on the perimeter. Um he's he's good enough with his releases against press that if you try to punch him, he's gonna get around you and he's gonna torch you. Um it's 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 really pick your flavor with these two. Alave might honestly be—he might run the fastest forty of these receivers that we're going to see this week. Yeah, and I look forward to seeing those because you mentioned, like, you guys
0: mentioned London. I don't believe London is working out uh, this mm-hmm. week in in Indy. So, smart. which smart, yeah, which, yeah, that very well could end up being that way. So, go, go Jake, run you your four-five-five at USC.
3: Yeah, exactly. I, was, I, I actually quote-tweeted that and said he's not running at the combine because it was going to be a four-seven, probably, probably. <laughs> wow.
0: Smart. Well, Jake, but you yeah, got I a go. little bit of a different take on on Alave versus Wilson than Nick does, so go ahead and hit me.
2: I don't like Wilson that much. I got to be honest, uh, but I um, I just I don't get what you what you do with him. I don't think he runs NFL routes. I don't think he is is a very good route runner right now from the slot. I have issues with how he moves a little bit. Um, like i've i've heard people i've seen people point it out and i couldn't i couldn't necessarily put my finger on it but then i saw some people tweeting about it and you just you put Olave and Wilson next to each other and let's say let's say it's like a 7 yard out 3 yard hitch you know 7 step slant like olave is running it and it is boom boom and he's into it Wilson runs those things and he's more choppy within his routes. And like for a guy that's as athletic as him, cause you're right. When he has the ball in his hands, he is, he's special. He is fun. Um, and it, like, let's say I don't, I don't hate Wilson. Like he's a top 10 receiver for me um, in my rankings, not top 10 overall, but uh, he's good, but I just don't get necessarily, like I've seen people have him as wide receiver one. And like, to me, that's, that's rich because what, what do you do with a slot receiver at, as your wide receiver, so you can't be your wide receiver one and go watch sky Moore, uh western michigan he's better than better than garrett wilson anyways take him over him uh but i i oh. really and, and i love oh, i mean he dudes if you haven't watched sky more yet like go to the church of sky Moore and and come away not impressed with that dude because that guy runs real nfl routes it's gonna take me
0: good. a while to get to your house you know that right I, the, church, I, of sky I, Moore.
2: the yeah. church of sky more. Yeah. I, I guess I'm the church of a lot of receivers, just not Garrett Wilson. Um, yeah, but, but I do love, I do love a okay. I love a love a
0: latte. Uh, that's the end of the show. Okay. So <laughs> no. Morley Morley has been fired and we are moving on. Okay. So oh, Jake, bad, I'm going to let you back and I put you in timeout. Good Lord. That was terrible. Um, I that is him. like, I would expect that from like, Peter Bukowski or Chris Burke or somebody like that. There's there's certainly something like that Uh, real quick. So he has George Pickens. Uh, I have Chris Olave actually uh, as my one. And that's with, uh, I have some more work to do on that, but I love Olave. I do. And I I do like Wilson. And I think that's something you guys didn't talk about. There was a play. I remember contested catch uh, above the rim type play against Michigan that I've seen. That's something he can do as well. Uh, Like I said, when the ball's in his hands, not a unique mover, but he moves well with the ball in his hands. It's just a matter of the questions I do have are similar to yours, Jake. Is how are you going to get the ball into his hands? Because he's got like that rounded off, like his yeah. slant. If it's supposed to look like this, it looks kind of like this. Like it it's takes him five steps to take two. Yeah, and it can be problematic. But I think they're both going to be very good pros uh, if they get into the right system. Obviously, and that's the case with a lot of them. But he's got Pickens. I've
3: got a lot of eight. Nick. Who is your wide receiver one? Uh, Traylon Burks. And I, I, want to elaborate a little bit on that because everyone keeps comparing him to Debo Samuel. And I had a tweet earlier today and I said, just because a receiver takes a handoff does not mean he is Debo Samuel. Um, I actually,
0: just like every white receiver is Jordy Nelson and every white edge rusher is Jared Allen. And you know, every black quarterback is the
3: same and all that stuff. Of course. But I, when I was creating, uh, when I was trying to come up with Burks comp, I actually just didn't pick one player I sat on the idea of DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson having a baby yeah I think you sent that to me word for word (laughs) and and that's what I came up with with Traylon Burks he's a he's a physical freak in nature people are saying he might run in the four threes if he runs in the four threes good night he's going in the top 10 yeah, he's going you know, to be dude, a Philadelphia Eagle. It's besides four X gloves. I was just going to say
2: that—that that is <laughs> unbelievable. He could palm—he could palm two of our heads at the same that time. Is, at the same, and that's time. saying
0: something. I've seen Nick's head, and mine is rather large as well. I can't. Morley, you're the only one I haven't met in person. We got to change that but soon. Yeah, no, I like
2: soon. Nick. That's one thing that we definitely agree on. There, I, I, I really like me some some Trey Lombergs. And it was funny because today I was watching. I was watching Lewis, scene, the safety out of Georgia. Love his game, dude. Plays like will run through a glass glass door face first.
3: He'll kill someone if you ask him to.
2: He will. <laughs> he will. And he. So he is. He is hair on fire guy playing Arkansas, and Traylon Burks just ran through him like it was. It was. It was one of those moments that like it just makes you kind of go like, oh. Like, oh, whoa. Because <laughs> he is screaming onto the screen and Traylon Burks is just so huge. And he just like just bumps him off. And that's an that's an NFL. That is an NFL caliber player that he just did that to. So I do like me some Traylon Burks. I think he's I think he's rough around the edges too. But man, you talk about him like in a Shanahan type offense where it's like, hey, we don't really care if you uh run routes we're gonna get you open and we're just gonna let you eat. And so like he would be He's not my wide receiver one, but if all these guys were on the board at 28 and you told me I had to take a wide receiver, that's probably who I would take for Green Bay.
0: I would doubt, yeah. I mean, him, I think him or Olave are, are, Mm -hmm. like I mentioned, those are like Packers to me. And obviously there's another one that's been talked about, but Traylon Burks is right here, boys. He's a Philadelphia Eagle, and I'm willing that into existence. It's the last draft prospect my dad ever cared about. So he's going to be a Philadelphia Eagle. That's how this is going to work. Uh, One question here, and we'll do this before we kind of wrap here a little bit. But as a group, where do you guys think Christian Watson goes? I know, obviously, Jake, you are a North Dakota Stater. Uh, Nick, you are not. And I don't think we've talked about Christian Watson. But I do wonder, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but Watson strikes me as a possibility of somebody that Twitter is, like, catching up to. But then he ends up being like a third or fourth round pick and everyone's like, how the hell did he end up going there? It's like, wow, well, he was probably just there the entire time. We just mm-hmm. kind of freaked out about some stuff. So Nick, I'll start with you because I know how Jake feels about him, but what are your thoughts on Watson? A small school
3: guy, obviously. And that gets some questions right off the top. Uh, he's an exciting player. Um, his his highlight reel is wicked, man. He so when I went to go watch Christian Watson after I watched Drake London, I was like, "This is what everyone promised me." Drake London was. Uh, he's 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 much faster than Drake London is. At least he looks like he is. Who knows with the competition he's going up against? He, those corners could run five flat. But uh, he's he's uh, he's got good versatility. You can play him inside and outside, and he's like Debo Samuel because he 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 takes handoff sometimes. Um, it, same guy, <laughs> he, he really answered a lot of questions for me whenever I watched him in the senior bowl and I, you kept getting reports. Christian Watson's the most impressive receiver here. Christian Watson is the most impressive player here. And when you get glowing reviews like that against all the guys, the talent that the senior bowl can get, it's, it's hard to turn your head away. I, I think he probably goes somewhere around through round three, uh, maybe round four. I'd be shocked if he fell any farther than that. But I, I think he's an electric football player who can win in a whole bunch of different ways. He might need a year to catch up to the to the, uh, the physicality and the speed of the NFL. But if you ask me, I, I think he could end up being someone's true wide receiver one down the line.
0: Well, well, if Christian Watson is the Packers third round draft pick, then the rule is that he sucks. So I certainly mm. hope for his sake, that is, that is not the case. It's uh, got to be two or four. Yeah. Two or four. So that is, that is the case there. Jake, what do you got here for just kind of gush about Christian Watson a little bit and then we'll close. Well,
2: I mean, I, I, I think if the Packers are going to take him, it's going to probably have to be in the second round. I think he's probably a third round guy. Um, as of right now, it, depending, depending on how he runs, um, I mean, I've had people on that coaching staff tell me that four four three flat is the goal for him, and that he can get to those numbers. I've had people tell me that he's going to jump around forty. I've had people tell me straight up that he's going to just absolutely demolish the combine. And if that happens, then I think he's going to be a second round draft pick, just based off of those numbers alone. Because when I, even me as as a North Dakota State guy, I, I saw him from his freshman year to his senior year. His freshman year, he just was a skinny kid. He's a track athlete. Um, And and a lot of what I would say the knocks I have for him are similar still to that because North Dakota State does not ask him to do a whole lot in their offense besides run nines and run jet sweeps, return some kickoffs, and he's great at it. Um, And why would you ever tell that offense to change, right? They've won nine of the last 11 FCS FCS championships. So uh, why change it? But when he was playing at the Senior Bowl and I saw some of the routes that he was running and I saw the flexibility in his hips and his ankles and the balance and just what he was able to do off the line of scrimmage. I, I think Ross, Ross was on here a while ago and said Morley was almost offended that he knew how to run routes and because I, I kind of was because I had people talk to me about him like, hey, you're a North Dakota State guy. Like, what, what, what about this Christian Watson guy? And my response would have been before the senior bowl. He's he's an alien type athlete that's still learning to play the, the position. And what he showed me at the combine was he's maybe more advanced than what I thought he was. With that said, there is still a major difference between practicing in shorts and playing in full pads. So um, I still would be, um, I'm cautiously optimistic that he can go top fifty but we will see because I think a lot of people got excited about him when you hear about the workout numbers and you hear, you know, you see the senior bowl stuff. And I think a lot of people go back and really study him in college. And you see a kid that doesn't do a whole lot, double catches a lot of passes and needs a lot of seasoning still to be a complete NFL wide receiver. Now he's got probably as many tools as anyone in this draft class um, one of the one of the other one of the opposing FCS coaches basically said, "Who's been coaching in FCS for like thirty years?" said he's the scariest wide receiver he's coached against since Randy Moss, which is high praise. But that's Randy Moss that we're talking about, you know. And it, it, we will see. We will see with him. I do love me some Christian Watson. I I am scared. It's kind of like when we talked to our buddy Owen last year with his boy from Wisconsin Whitewater. Where he kind of blew up the senior bowl, blew up the combine. And then the concern was shoot, is he going to get, is he actually going to get overdrafted? And the expectations for him are going to be a little bit different than maybe what is fair for him. Um, So that's kind of where I'm at right now with Christian Watson.
0: That one, of course, being Quinn Miners, a Denver Bronco over uh, in where Aaron Rodgers will not be playing football next season. That being Denver, of course, Nick's neck of the woods. My (laughs) condolences to the Scheib family. Dude, true North Packers fan,
2: hey, he's got a great question. Is where, what a is guy? there anything, anything
0: that you know about that? Um, I don't know, Morley. What you, uh, draft guide? Draft? Oh, draft guy. I heard of one. Um, yes, there is one. It's called the Green Bay Draft Guide. True North Packers fan, you're a real one. I appreciate you. On the bottom, it says buy the Green Bay Draft Guide. You follow that link, guys. It'll get you a guide for eight ninety nine. It is over two hundred profiles that Morley and myself are helping with uh, designating them and and catering them to the Green Bay Packers. So how does this person fit the Green Bay Packers? So how does Christian Watson fit the Green Bay Packers? Grab the guide. Morley will tell you a little bit there. How does another player, any of the running backs, receivers, edge rushers, name your position of choice. How do those guys fit the Packers? You have all that. For eight ninety nine guys, we're talking less than a hamburger at five guys' burgers and fries. For that was a Nick Scheib reference. You're welcome for that. That is absurd.
3: It's half the price of a burger at five guys.
0: This is uh let's see here. If I <laughs> if I can't read, if I pay two more, tell you what, you pay two more dollars, I will have Morley drive to your house himself and he'll read it <laughs> to you word for word.
2: Yeah, perfect.
0: So check that out, guys. It is on sale pre-order all the way through the month of March. And then in the month of April is when it'll drop. We'll have it for you guys. Grab as many as you can. Tell your friends, your family, all that stuff. So much good stuff in there. Thank you to KC Sports Network for helping that. Guys, real quick question. Three words or less. Do the Packers, if the Packers draft a receiver in the first three rounds this year, just tell me who it is. Or if you say no, then just say no. And I know I'm asking you to do a bit of an impromptu mock draft. but Nick. Do the Packers draft a receiver in the first three rounds? And if they do, who is it? Three words or less. David Bell. Mm. There you go. Okay. Uh, Morley?
2: That's a good pick. David Bell is very much a a Packers wide receiver. Uh, Yeah. Christian Watson. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. So Christian Watson and David Bell are your guys' picks for that. I'm actually going to predict a trade out of the first round and uh, Chris Olave. So that's the route I'm going to go. I think he's there high enough, but they won't pick him in the first round just to piss everybody off. And I can't wait for that. That's going to do it for this edition of the gold zone. Thanks to Nick Scheib, our receivers guy. You can check out his profiles on our website every Monday. Uh, Why don't you tell us, Nick, who you got coming for us this week? David Bell. Hmm. David Bell. Okay. Well, there (laughs) you have it. So if you want to learn more about the guy, that Nick just said that the Packers are going to draft. David Bell is your go-to there. You can find that Monday early afternoon, Jake Morley. You can find him on Twitter at Jacob Morley. And of course you can find all of his work in the green Bay draft guide, which you can purchase for eight 99 using the link below. It's also on our Twitter page uh, that you can find for game on Wisconsin, grab a link, tell your friends, tell your family. we we'll have an opportunity for you guys to win some free ones, some more discounted ones, all kinds of different stuff. You can find me. I'm at Jacob Westendorf. And you can find all of my stuff over at game on Wisconsin. We will be back next week talking about one of my favorite positions to discuss. And that is the tight end group. There's one or two that I fall in love with everywhere, every year. You'll find out who it is. Come back next week. And we'll be happy to tell you from Jake, Nick, Trevor, Yancey on the sticks myself. Appreciate you guys. We'll see you next week.